0: Hello and welcome to You Should Hear This, a podcast for the everyday association professional. I'm Nick Estrada, your host. We've said before on this podcast and with several of our guests that most often, association professionals don't know that this will be their career. Once we find this industry, though, many of us find a hidden passion for this kind of work, and we want to grow our skill set and prepare for growth. But determining the best ways to do this can be a little bit difficult. A unique opportunity within the association world is ASAE's Next Gen Summit, The NextGen Association Summit is an initiative which invests in high potential leaders in the association community. It provides the opportunity for up to 25 participants to cultivate new professional skills, creative confidence, while also acquiring the tools, visibility, and network necessary to become a force in the broader association community. ISE has been fortunate enough to have several of our members attend to this program over the last few years. And today we have one of those attendees as our guest to share his experience. Craig Bannister is the Director of Marketing and Communications at Rayburn Group International. He got his start in the association world in 2015 as an intern at RGI. He graduated from the University of Indianapolis with a BA in communications with a double emphasis in public relations and electronic media. During his time at RGI, he's worked with associations in the commercial real estate, corporate housing, healthcare, engineering, nutrition, education, and legal industries. He currently leads the Communication and Marketing Internship Program at RGI, where he recruits and oversees interns looking to grow their skills. Welcome, Craig. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you here. I know we've talked about this before. I also attended... Uh, the Next Gen Summit, so I'm excited to hear now someone else's experience um, having gone. So I think it will be a really good conversation. Absolutely. So if you've listened to the podcast before, we always start with our, our famous question. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into this world, and why why you like associations.
1: Sure. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned it there in the intro, but I, like many, did not know about associations. And it kind of worked out that I ended up here and found something that I loved. So my story, I was finishing up my degree at UND and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I was actually pursuing another career path in music, playing music and traveling and really didn't want to give that up yet. So my professor there connected me with RGI and said, you know, they they have these internships that you could maybe get on and work part time and still travel and play music. So that's kind of where I got my foot in the door. That was my intro to associations and Leslie RJ's president was gracious enough to work with me on a flexible schedule. So now that I've been in the industry for a little while, I really enjoy the variety that comes from working on a small staff team that we have at RGI, um, I get to do a ton of different things within my skill set and have also grown in a lot of areas as well. So that's, that's the main thing I, I really love about associations and also just getting to know our members and the industries that they're so passionate about um, and helping them fulfill
0: their goals wherever we can. Uh, okay. So I'm just curious, what, what instrument did you play or do you I play? played guitar? And then I did, I did a little bit of singing. Oh, okay. But not, so that'll not be the in the I... secret podcast we do later. Um, we'll get you to sing a little bit then for everybody. <laughs> so, okay. So we talked about a little bit in the intro kind of about what the next gen summit program is. Um, obviously, again, it's an ASAE program um, that's investing in, you know, the younger professionals, right? So folks that would be leaders in the future, um, but curious, you know, as you looked at the program, as you kind of explored applying for it, how would you describe the program to somebody not necessarily using you know the marketing materials from ASAE? Sure.
1: Yeah it's um, it's a, a gathering of young pros that I think the real mission behind it is gathering us together so that we can meet and we can network and talk about the future of association. So it's very future based. Shelley Alcorn and Trevor Mitchell were the facilitators for it. So they had presentations for us, but it was also set up so that the material could shift based on the conversations we were having, um, which was really great. So it wasn't a set program. We, we did a lot of group work scenario planning. Um, we looked at a lot of ASAE's foresight works mm. and the drivers of change and what those mean for our associations So overall, it's really just a gathering of of young pros who are passionate about the industry and looking for kind of the next step for their careers and ways to grow.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, definitely the next step of their own career. And then also, as you mentioned, right, like the, just the, what challenges are coming, right, which can be a little gloomy, potentially. (laughs) I think you'll probably mention something at that, uh, to to the kid on that at some point. But also, I think some really exciting opportunities um, as well. Um, from it. So why, why are you interested in attending that? You know, I think that that's always a hard thing for especially younger folks. We, there's tons of conferences, there's tons of events, right, that we could choose to go to in terms of our own professional development. Um, I don't think that there's any shortage of events in the association space where we could go. So why, why this program, maybe what set it apart for you to make the decision Because again, as well as a reminder, folks, this is not just a a pay and attend. This is an application process, right? Right, exactly.
1: Coming from a person who works in marketing, it's very appropriate that this started with a marketing email from ASAE. I really didn't know much about the program, but got that, you know, uh, applications are open for the Next Gen Summit. So I clicked and read through it and I actually closed out of the email. I was like, I'll come back to it probably. And Leslie actually sent me a message, probably within the hour that I got it and forwarded it to me and said, basically, you should do this or at least look into it more. So that was kind of the push I needed to do it. I think the the timing of it was really good in that trying to grow in leadership skills at this point in my career. And that was a really big pull for me from this program and getting together with people in the industry to figure out how they're growing at this time in their careers so that that sense of community with people who you know are similar ages and going through maybe the same career challenges or association challenges that's what really drew me in and then I kind of actually liked the application part of it as well that it was this exclusive thing because it's almost like an award to Mm -hmm. to get to go getting accepted to to go was an accomplishment itself for me.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. It feels like you've already succeeded by just getting the opportunity to go. And um, for for folks who are listening, if, if this is a program you're interested in, it's important to know as well, ASAE funds, through generous support from some of their own donors um, and, and sponsors and whatnot, but I mean, you don't pay anything to go to this one, you know? So this is, a, again, as we think about Wisely spending your PD dollars. This is a good one because there there's no expense on your side other than the time being out of the office, right? To to go to it. So I definitely think it's a good one to explore. And and I think you know if execs are listening to this, like Leslie did with you, like Leslie did with me, uh, I think this is a great program to encourage members of your staff to apply for, uh, because I think it shows them then if they would have seen this email and they would have dismissed it potentially, right? It allows somebody to say, oh, okay, someone. Someone else sees something in me and I should look at this a little bit more.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you hit a great point with, you know, everything is covered for this experience. So Taylor and her Experience Columbus team, they set us up with meals every night and experiences in Columbus. Um, so that, that portion of it was really fun outside of the education, and the conversations we were having. And the application to circle back to that a little bit. It was, it was kind of intense. It took me probably a week or two logging in, going over what I already wrote, editing that, adding to it. Um, it required a letter of recommendation and um, a section to basically what you've contributed to associations thus far. So that could be hmm. your volunteer experience so far. I've been writing for RGI's blog since I was an intern. So I picked out some of those that I've written about. The association world and trends and things like that and submitted that as part of my application. But it,
0: it's very thorough. Do you remember any of the specific because if I remember right, I think there's some essay questions, any prompts that were really challenging for you um, in the application process?
1: I don't know if if challenging is the right word in the sense of what it required, but it challenged me to think through what I wanted out of this experience. Mm-hmm. So one of those it was kind of double-sided what I wanted to get out of the program, but also what conversations that I felt like I could contribute to and lead. So that one may have taken me the longest to finalize and fill out. Really think about the areas that I wanted to grow in and also where I thought I may be able to help some other people out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What do you bring to the table um, for the conversations you're going to have? So just curious, was it intimidating to know that you're applying for this like selective program?
1: It was, yeah, I was, you don't hear back immediately. Um, <laughs> so there's a little bit of a weight there that I tried to just not think about. I felt good about the answers I finally landed on. Like I said, it took me a couple of weeks to do that.
0: Um, but yeah, it,
1: it's intimidating.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. It's like anything you apply for, you know, even awards, right. You apply for them and then months go by you're like, well, I don't know. Uh, I I got the, I got the auto response that my, you know, my my stuff was submitted, but I'm not sure at this point. And then um, yeah, suddenly, right. Then you just get that email or you get a phone call and they're like, congratulations, you're, you're coming, uh, which is a, it's a good feeling then after you get that.
1: Yeah, all the second guessing in the meantime while you're waiting, too, on things you said, like, oh, was that the right thing to say? But
0: yeah, <laughs> right. it all worked
1: out.
0: Yeah. So, okay, so you got accepted. You, uh, you arrive in Columbus. Can you just talk us through some of the kind of the first, first feelings, first thoughts, first experiences that you had while you were there? Absolutely.
1: So I'll be super honest here. It was a scary experience for me. Very much out of my comfort zone. Because you, you you know you get to the hotel you walk in the room and it's just a room full of people standing around and talking and I'm very much an introvert so it was it was an intimidating experience but one that I knew I I needed to grow in and so that was I mean right away growth opportunity when you walk in there and it helps when you realize everyone there is in the same scenario mm-hmm. right people don't. They may know of each other, but everyone's trying to make connections. Everyone's getting to know each other. I actually had one attendee reach out to me beforehand, and we set up a Zoom call just to meet each other face-to-face. So I had a familiar face there, which was super helpful. But yeah, that that opening kind of networking time, it was a challenge for me, but I'm so glad that it was part of it. And gave me the opportunity to you know hear other people's stories before we jumped into the education side of things, but yeah, that, my that was my initial <laughs> my initial feeling was uh oh.
0: <laughs> now I have to get to know all these people. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's a. It is kind of an intimidating moment, especially because you know I think if you put yourself and this is for our listeners, right? You put yourself in any first-time attendee. Um, kind of perspective, right, you walk into this massive conference, you walk into whatever it could look like, and you just kind of take it all in at once. And you're like, wow, there's so much to do here. Or there's so many people to talk about. And again, as we talked about that, this is a selective group, right, which means you're also in a room with probably other high performers. Um, and now you're like, oh, wow, everyone's done really great things. So I don't, you know, I don't know what to say necessarily to folks. But I would say it was similar. It's a, it's a great experience though to talk with folks on that first night, see why people are excited to be there, um, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely.
1: And the agenda, it's not really a secret agenda, but they intentionally don't share a lot with you about what we'll be talking about. So I mentioned that the program is set up so it can shift based on conversations, but you kind of alluded to like some doom and gloom that we we go over, but it's very real stuff. So to elaborate that on a little bit, it you know, we're looking at trends outside of associations. We're looking at world trends where we're looking at political issues that affect how we do our jobs, how we serve our members. but it's it can be heavy. But it's also an opportunity for us to get outside of our particular industries mm-hmm. as far as the associations we're serving and look at as associations as a whole. How does this stuff affect what we're doing now? how should we be reacting now to better serve members in the future to make sure that our
0: associations are healthy in the future? So it all has a purpose behind it. Yeah. Do you have any examples of some of these kind of maybe larger, broader scale conversations or areas that you guys talked about? Sure. Uh,
1: We talked about environmental sustainability a lot, which I know is Is a hot topic has been a hot topic for a while that associations are really starting to dive into, as far as you know, looking at annual conferences and how can we put those on sustainably. Um, But just looking at the effects of global sustainability and then what we can do as association
0: professionals to to help that situation. Yeah, I think it is important from those conversations, right? To as you mentioned, but just showcases why it's important to keep a tab or keep a thumb on all those other things, you know, even if, you know, I'm not, I don't know that I have a specific political example, but right. Like even if something politically is happening in the world around us, even if my association doesn't deal with politics per se, Mm -hmm. right. Those are still impacting my members. Those are still impacting the day-to-day operations of folks. And so to your point, we need to be able to be ready to react to those if they kind of start to come into our own association whether that's a reaction of we don't deal with that or that's a reaction of okay let's have a conversation about how that shows up appropriately within the association but those are the kinds of conversations that I would agree were, were really interesting to have because um, it's members are coming to the table with all those those conversations and thoughts as well absolutely and, and those conversations
1: kind of set up more education that was to come so for example thinking about like environmental sustainability and and the climate, that led into some different scenarios that we could group up with and then talk through and then present to the group. So, for example, there was a lot of very heavy ones. Uh, Probably the lightest one was you're at an annual conference and there's a hurricane. Then you're in the path of that. What do you do with your attendees? How do you protect everyone involved? And how do you represent your association well in that scenario? So all this stuff led to having those conversations about, you know, planning for some of this awful stuff that could happen, but also very real. We see it happening.
0: Mm -hmm. What other, maybe outside of some of the unstructured formal education um, that took place, what other conversations, I guess I'm assuming you had like side conversations with other attendees and right, like just talking about day-to-day struggle, you know, what were those kinds of conversations like?
1: Um it was very informative to to hear about like what what others work scenarios are like, what kind yeah. of teams they're working with, what kind of, how their association functions. It it made me honestly thankful for RGI and my position because just hearing about other scenarios that can go on that I feel like I have it pretty good, but it it also showed me that we're all facing similar challenges Mm. and that both in career and for maybe our associations are facing, but in that way it was very comforting to now we have this new network of people that we can talk with, learn from. We we have a WhatsApp chat, all of us Mm. together still that we've stayed in contact. So those side conversations
0: were great to, to strengthen some of those relationships. Yeah. Have you utilized that network um, since the the summit at all at this point? Yes.
1: So in that chat, often people are sharing like different events. I just got one today about a young professionals event that I'm going to sign up for through ASAE. Um, And one of our group members also set up calendar invites for all all of us to jump on a Zoom call and Mm -hmm. reconnect I missed that one this week because I was traveling, but I will be on them in the future.
0: So we've been intentional about staying connected with each other, with our cohort. I think that's always a, not just for this one, but um, you know for any kind of cohort style event, I think those kinds of connections and to what we on the association side can do to help keep people connected, I think is really important and, and helpful, but also to allow them to do it on their own, right? Like you guys have created... Um, you know, your own space to make that happen. I think we had something similar for a while, you know, and then I think different kind of different groups within that have probably kept that um, going at some level too. So, but yeah, I think those connections, I think are going to be really impactful again for folks in our association world who do this, but also if you run a program like this for your association, I think how you can help foster that will also be helpful. Absolutely.
1: I think one of the most powerful sessions happened on the last day. So we we went to Columbus's professional soccer stadium, which was super cool, and met there. But we all just grabbed chairs, circled up. There's no presentation. It was just all conversation and kind of going around and sharing different things. But that that was very powerful, especially being at the end of this three-day program. A lot of people were vulnerable and just shared Um,
0: some of their experiences but it was very powerful so how you know obviously we always when we go to things we want to see how we can connect them (laughs) ideally how how has this experience how has the summit the conversations you had while you were there how has that already started to maybe impact your day-to-day work but then also maybe that future career internal discussion or external right with other folks that you might be having what's that look like now Sure.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely challenged me to make sure that I'm not getting stuck in looking at things too close up. I, I want to continue to challenge myself to back up, see the bigger picture of what we're doing. So in marketing, maybe that's backing up and thinking more strategically outside of you know getting a registration for this event, but really connecting with our members. So that's been a reminder for me from this to continue to do that. And as far as career, I feel like this this summit was very eye-opening to me that, and it kind of showcased the different avenues that we as association professionals have to continue to grow in the industry without having to bounce outside of that. So in that way, it was very, I guess, hopeful is the right word for me to, to see, be able to see myself in the future in this industry.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so it's it's a career not just a job anymore. Yes, exactly. What um as you look towards the future, you know, what else are you hoping that, you know, you've got that network now that you can rely on? What else are you hoping that you can gain? Um you know, obviously you're not really going to go back to that exact same experience, right? Where you're all in the room together for the 3 days and that's what you're focusing on, but are there ways that you're hoping you can continue to utilize um that group beyond just other events and things like that? But I don't know, does that question make sense?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My hope is that through you know our chat and through our check-ins that we're able to stay connected and really lean on each other for, you know, maybe it's career advice, maybe it's just an issue with, you know, a job function or managing volunteers, whatever that may be, just utilizing them as a resource to become a better leader. Cause I really feel like that's another thing that I really got out of this is the confidence to be a leader. I think it's easy to write ourselves off as, I probably don't know about as much about that as I think I do or something, Mm -hmm. but through this experience, it's really a confidence booster. And I think with this group, being able to lean on each other for that is going to be a
0: long-term benefit. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's so a it's a it's a nice network to have for those that just that sounding board. Um, mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, this has come up. <laughs> here's how I'm thinking about responding. Does this make sense? You know, here's what right. we're thinking about doing. Has anyone had an experience like this? Um, I think that's it's a great group to have um, to be able to do that. If um, if other folks are looking potentially at exploring this program or looking to apply, you know, maybe what what kind of uh, advice would you give them? how should they approach a supervisor if it's not been kind of directed to them as something that they should look into? What would you recommend?
1: Well, I definitely recommend doing it.
0: So I think, and while Craig thinks I should, I should share, you have to be under 35, I think, um, or 34, one of those, one of those ages. Um, So for folks who may be getting uh, into their mid thirties, which is still very young, I'd like to say, (laughs) you know, you might, you might need to look at applying in the next year or so. Uh. (laughs) yes
1: that there are some guidelines around it but yeah I would say do it and get on a path that you're working to growing in the industry I I wish I did this earlier in my career because I think the way I came into associations was kind of like you know one step at a time I'm not sure if I if this is for me or what I really want to do And kind of fell in love with it. So sometimes I feel like I'm behind in in that sense. But you know, look at the CAE. That's kind of my next step. And it was awesome to connect with people there and speak about their experiences. They already had it, the value they see in that. um, get involved in a committee in any way to either your local state society or ASAE. All that stuff looks great on that
0: application. Yeah. I think a big one too. Again, you've got to have that letter of support when you apply. Um, and I think really get that. Um, it needs to be, I forget, there's like a specific person who needs to write it. So it's either like your actual association exec, or I think maybe like a direct supervisor can write it as well. But I, I think don't, especially if you work for a larger organization, don't just ask the exec, like, Hey, here's the event I'm going to. Can you write a letter of rec? Right? Like, If you've got a good working relationship with them, great. Um, Still maybe schedule some time with that person to explain why you're looking to to go, share your resume with them, um, share your essay answers with them potentially, right? So they can get a good understanding of like why you're looking, and that could give them some ideas on things to highlight even more um, as you're looking at that. So you want that person to be an advocate for you, in this process and not just necessarily I signed off so they could go. You really want them to be invested in, especially for a program like this, invested in your development. So if you are interested in a program like this, I would say go and start to cultivate that relationship even more with senior leadership now. So that way, if you are to ask for a program like this, it it doesn't feel hard for them to talk about you.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great advice because the more, the more they understand about why you want to go and what the program is about, the better they can write that letter on your behalf.
0: Yeah. Well, Craig, this is a good conversation. I think hopefully folks understand a little bit more about the program now, and and this could be something that they can continue to explore. Uh, We'll put a link to this program in the show notes so that folks can go explore it on their own, but any other kind of last minute words of advice or, or things that folks should be thinking about around this program or or, or truly any other kind of professional development experience um, they might look to explore.
1: Yes. So I'll go back to the moment I stepped into that room for the first time is don't be afraid to be uncomfortable. And that could even start at the application. Maybe that's what my hesitancy was and I didn't know it, but push yourself to grow. Like I said, this was a wonderful experience to grow as a leader and see more of the association world part of part of what we did was talked about the history of associations and they're not going anywhere people people want to be together and that's what associations do so really push yourself to be uncomfortable put yourself out there try to grow it'll be beneficial for you your teammates and your association also i've hit on this a couple times but make sure you're paying attention to trends that are happening outside of your industry, outside of your association, because it's all eventually will affect what we're doing. So the more you're being aware of that and planning for that, the better off you'll be.
0: Yeah. Thank you. If, uh, if folks are interested in connecting with you specifically to learn a little bit more about your experience or just chat on any other topic as well, how might they get in touch with you? How can they they find you?
1: Absolutely. They can connect with me on LinkedIn, shoot me a message on there, and I'd be happy to chat and find a time for a call. You can also email me at cbanister at rayborn.com. And I believe, Nick, we can put
0: that in the show notes as well. Yeah, we sure can. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of You Should Hear This. If you have any questions you'd like answered or future topics you'd like us to explore, please send us an email at info at isae.org.